of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This kind of food, all right? We've got braised short rib Gouda sliders, buffalo cauliflower, candied bacon to die for, and loaded macaroni and cheese. How about that for a high school pregame no. meal, Scotty Petra? No, how about that? His name is Red Wright 88. Oh, no, you said it was Rick Wright. <laughs> Scotty, anybody beat that uh, in the NFL this year? I don't think so, man. I'm trying to think. Carolina had a okay one, but it, they didn't. Yeah. The rest of the food didn't sound that good. <laughs> no, this this is the second time, and that's why they're the defending two-time defending champs of the WHBC Press Box Food Fight <laughs> Challenge. So thank you to Table 6 uh, and At Your Table Cafe, who fed us earlier this year in Canal Fulton. Uh, they were so busy tonight, probably because we talked about them all year long, that uh, yeah, Rick had to go somewhere else to bring us some food. So thank you to both of them for feeding us. We appreciate it more than you realize. All right, Scotty Petrak, let's get down to the Cleveland Browns. It, it was a victory Tuesday. Day. We don't say that uh, very often. That means they won on Monday Night Football, Scotty. How were they able to really dominate the Cincinnati Bengals in that Monday Night win? Yeah, you know what? I think it started with the pass rush, Kenny. We've talked so much negatively about this defense throughout the year, and yep. rightly so, but it played a lot better Monday night. It played better against the Ravens, and then it played even better against the Bengals. And, you know, I think part of that's the Bengals – offensive line, but the Browns have figured out a way to get to Joe Burrow. And when they make him uncomfortable, they have some success. So I think it started there. And then the offense, you know, for the most part, has been good all year, you know, with obviously some exceptions. But Jacoby Brissett threw the ball well. They ran the ball well. But I think the defense was a difference maker. The defense really stepped up. I was impressed with it. The cornerbacks, without Denzel Ward playing in that game, I thought they did a nice job. Now, Scotty, we all know Jamar Chase makes a big difference, right? He's that guy that can take a five-yard hitch and go 70 yards, okay? So they didn't have to worry about him. How much of that do you think was a factor, or do you think it wouldn't have mattered with the pressure they were putting on Joe Burrow? Well, I don't think it changes the outcome, but but I know – I'm careful about saying that because, you know, if they make a play in the first quarter and the Bengals are all of a sudden up 7 nothing, it changes the complexion of the game. So it, it mattered that he didn't play. But, the, you know, the Browns had injuries too. You know, it's not just the Bengals. Uh, but right. I think when you talk about the overall defensive performance, you should include the fact that one of the top receivers in the league wasn't there. But having said that, the Browns have played, you know, I mean, Chase played twice last year, especially that first game in Cincinnati. The Browns did a good job against him. So, for whatever reason, they feel confident playing that Bengals team, Jamar, or Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, or not. Scotty, for me, every time they face the Bengals, and you look at Joe Burrow, and everybody wants to make him an elite quarterback. For whatever reason, you know, we say it all the time. You've heard stories. He may see ghosts. He may not see ghosts. I don't know what it is. But that pass rush was on fire. These guys rose to the occasion because they were the only game in town on Monday Night Football. That's great. My question is this. Where has that team been the other seven weeks of the season? I mean, that's a fair question. <laughs> it is. Um, 
you know, they haven't played well enough and they haven't been consistent enough. You know, I, you saw Miles Garrett. I think he's getting healthier, even though he said he wasn't close to 100% when I asked him that, you know, a couple of days before that Monday night game. But he played really well. Had a, you know, he tipped that ball that turned into that early interception and set a tone. Finishes with one and a half sacks. Jadavion Clowney back, even though he's not 100%. That helps a lot. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, I don't know if Joe Woods has figured something out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the defense as a whole has figured something out. But I like I liked the direction the defense is headed in these last two weeks. And there's confidence. I think you can look to last season, and they finished strong last season. Mm-hmm. So maybe, for whatever reason, it just takes a while for them to get going. We'll have to see if they can sustain this. <laughs> but, you know, I get it, right? It's frustrating right. that they don't have a better record. And they could, even with the defense playing as poorly as it had, they could have a better record. What it takes is and the I, Bengals. The Bengals get this team right. And if you consider <laughs> the fact the last year's game, it was the pick six, the Denzel Ward 100-yard right. uh, interception return for a touchdown, the pick six, and it almost resembled the exact same thing they did on their first drive this past Monday. Browns get an yeah, interception. Right, and, the yes. But the takeaways are huge. I mean, that's you know the defense had six total takeaways entering Monday night, and then it gets two in the first half, right? That made right. a huge difference. Now, the Browns gave those back but at least you're offsetting them. So, you know, if this team's going to make a run and if this defense is going to continue to play better, it's going to start with pass rush and takeaways, and those two go hand in hand. You know, I wanted to ask you this, too, because the big news last week was the trade deadline, and we all know that they didn't do anything. But Andrew Barry came out and said he almost made a deal. And I know nobody said anything, but in your opinion, who do you think he had in mind? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. You know, if I had to guess, it would be, a receiver, okay. you know, he probably, there were receivers out there. There were young, I think there's a couple of young guys across the league that are unhappy in their situations. And I think he probably made phone calls about those guys, but was unwilling to give up whatever was demanded because, you know, we've talked about receiver. We talked about D tackle, you know, he made one trade for a linebacker. Would he make another one? I don't know, maybe. Um, but those are the three spots, D tackle, maybe linebacker and receiver. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there could have been some receiver movement on this market. I don't think there was, or there wasn't a lot. But you heard names out there and thought, okay, maybe he can go get one of those guys. Scotty, I had a caller the other day. Kenny was off. And they said, uh, well, you know, and Dominic and Sue's still out there. They should go out and get him. But I look at it this way. There are 31 other teams in the NFL that haven't signed him either. We missing something here? Yeah, it's a good question. The Browns have not really shown any interest. I mean, I checked in on that. It was the off season at some point, or right around camp, mm-hmm. and the Browns hadn't had any interest. You know, I think his agent has tried to stoke some interest. You know, I don't know if it's where he's just unwilling to play for the minimum, right? And he wants a big money deal, and nobody's willing to give that. You know, when Joe Hayden talked about his decision to retire, it, he planned on playing until nobody was willing to give him what he wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just okay. Well, then I don't have to play anymore. So maybe that's the issue with Sue. Maybe they think he's not the same player he was. Um, you know, I don't know, but I think at this point, right, it's not like the D tackles have gotten worse in the last eight games, right? I think this has been an issue since the offseason, and for whatever reason, the Browns feel comfortable enough with their group where they haven't felt the need to go make a big move. I mean, they went and, you know, signed um, Tyler Davison to the practice squad like three or four weeks ago, right when they traded for Deion Jones, and he hasn't been called up. So they obviously don't feel it's that pressing a need. 
Scott Petrak, our guest, happy to have him from brownzone.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak. I want to go one more question back with the Cincinnati game, Scotty, before we go into what Andrew Barry had to say at his midseason press conference and and move forward into the, the rest of the schedule, and that's this. The reason I was the happiest looking at that game on Monday night, Scotty, 44 rushes. 22 passes, okay? And, and I know you've kind of defended Stefanski with his play calling, and they put points up and everything. But when I look at this team, that's the team I see. That's the team that should be out there on a consistent basis offensively. You have the best running back in the NFL, no matter what the defense is doing, uh, no matter what the score is early or even into the third quarter. I don't think you can go away from it, and I think it made Jacoby Brissett a better quarterback as well. Will we see more of, if not two to one, at least a ratio that favors more rushes than passes going forward until Deshaun Watson comes back? That's certainly an interesting question, Kenny. And I would not be shocked, you know, eventually, let's hope not too soon, but eventually the weather's going to turn here and you have to run the ball more. Um, Obviously, those numbers are skewed by the fact that they ran the ball the last 10 times they had it, right? Like, you know, they're not throwing the ball with the lead, with the, you know, two or three score lead in the fourth quarter. So those numbers get skewed. I'd have to go back and look at what the first half was. I bet it was pretty even. But, to your point, I found it interesting, and Andrew Barry said it multiple times, and I followed up, and he didn't give a good answer. But he yep. talked about we have to play to our strengths. Now, he used he, – he phrased it a little bit differently, but it was, you know, kind of fix our weaknesses and lean into our strengths maybe was a phrase. And, yes. I, you know, part of me thinks that that's exactly what he means, is, hey, we're, we have two good running backs, or two great running backs, or a great one and a really good one. We have an elite receiver, and we have a good tight end. Let's just make it all about those four guys and the offensive line, right? Like, that's kind of what I felt like he was getting at without saying that. Um, now we'll have to see. We'll have to see if that's what develops over the second half and if they really, really commit to that run game. But it, it's interesting because he, he, he said it so many times that he was driving at something, and I wonder if that's what it is. Like, we really have to say that this is our formula for winning games. Do you think – using the media and many GMs have in the past, right? Do you think that was his way of getting a message through to Kevin Stefanski by reiterating that and emphasizing that or no? I don't. And the reason I say this, I think their relationship is good enough where that's an open conversation. I think his point was it's the bye week. We look at everything during the bye. We do all that self-scouting. And this is how it can be better is, we find a couple things we can fix and then find what's working and just hammer what's working. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be the run game. Maybe it's the play action. Maybe it's the fact that they figured out that Jacoby Brissett can throw those deep sideline routes because he's had a bunch of completions doing that, and that's part of the plan too. And plus, Andrew Barry was really supportive of Kevin Stefanski when asked about him and his play calling. Um, so I don't think that was the point of that, but I did find it really interesting. Yeah, me too. It jumped out at me, Scotty, when I was listening to you guys question him, you specifically, and uh, I made note of that as well, so I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, Scotty, what else jumped out at you from what Andrew Barry said? Because a lot of times they'll say a lot, but not really anything, if you get my drift, right? So was there anything else that you were surprised at with what he said that was actual information? Not really. Not really, yeah. Kenny. You know I mean? There's optimism <laughs> for the second half. Um, you know, which we'd ex- you'd expect, especially coming off the three and five. 
I thought he was honest about how the win Monday night, he said, I think modestly impacted what he did at the trade deadline, meaning okay. there was no fire sale, right? I, I thought that was an honest moment from him that, yeah, we, we have more hope coming off the win and being three and five instead of two and six. And it's not just three and five. I think it's how they played against the Bengals, right? It was a convincing performance that you think, okay, maybe this is, you know, that's kind of the potential of this team. Let's go see if it can reach that potential consistently. Uh, so I thought that was interesting from Barry. I mentioned what he said about Stefanski. Uh, you know, that was about it. I, you know, and he talked about Deshaun Watson. Those, to me, those right. were the big takeaways. Yeah, and with the Deshaun Watson thing, just uh, reaffirming what I think everybody knew, but uh, you guys had to get him on record, right? Hey, when they play at Houston week 12, if he clears all the uh, the legal protocols within the NFL, he's their starting quarterback, no questions asked. And I, and I think uh, he needed to make that clear to everybody, to uh, Brissett, to Watson, to the fans, to the, to just for everybody to know that we didn't spend all those draft picks and that much money to you know work him back slowly, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so we're not grilling Kevin Stefanski about that because it goes above Kevin Stefanski's pay grade. This is an yep. organizational decision to go with your guy, right? Go with the franchise quarterback you're paying a ton of money to. And, you know, I think the reality is Jacoby Brissett exceeded expectations. He played maybe his best game ever Monday night. It was his career-high passer rating. Even if he does that for three more weeks, it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Talking with Scotty Petrak, outstanding Browns beat reporter, brownzone.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak. Uh, the Kareem Hunt thing, um, had they lost, do you think he'd still be a Cleveland Brown? It's a great question. I, I think, what's the other team willing to give? You know, I, I think they would have traded him for a fourth-round pick if they had lost. If nobody's willing to give that, I don't think they would have just traded them. I think they feel, find too much value in Hunt. You know, there's the potential for some kind of compensatory draft pick, depending on how free agency plays out, even though that's not simple to say, yeah, they'll just get one. Um, but I think there are a lot of factors that say it's not worth just giving up on, just giving this guy away. And that could include, I don't expect them to re-sign Kareem Hunt next year, but I, I wouldn't wipe that completely off the table. And I think if you traded him, there's no way he was coming back. All right, what about the complete 180 that he made saying he wants to end his career here now? Is that just more posturing for a new contract here after not getting what he wanted all the way back when training camp started? Or does he actually really want to end his career here, you think, Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear him say that, Kenny. Maybe he did it. We talked, said that to somebody else. Every time I talked to him about it, and it was twice. It was the Saturday before the game yeah. and then Monday after the game. Um, I heard the quotes. It was, I'm fine either way. So, okay. you know, I, if he got his extension here, he would want to be here. But that's where all this started. He did not get the extension he requested and felt right. slighted and felt that he deserved it. And he's played hard for this team, and it's his team and, you know, his hometown team, and he feels underpaid. So uh, I got he, – he, to me, he was pretty frank about, hey, if they trade me, that's fine. If they keep me, that's fine. I'm going to play hard. And then I think he'll reassess now because he didn't move reassess his future when we get to the you know get to march all right so one of the things i i think the browns are looking at is this when they get Deshaun watson back it'll be like they traded for a superstar quarterback right so kind of uh, throw that in hey yeah we only traded for uh jones the linebacker but hey we're getting Deshaun watson back that's going to make us a better football team what about the rest of the division 
Scotty, what the, the Ravens did, what the Steelers did. How, how do you look at, at those teams, and did they get better, did they get worse with the moves that they made within the AFC North? Well, start with the Steelers. I, I don't think they got better by trading Claypool. You know, he might be a handful to have around, but I think he's a really good player that was being underutilized. And the Steelers have other options at receiver, right? They drafted Pickens. Deontay Johnson's really good. Um, so I understand why they made that move, but you got a hard time convincing me that they're a better team. And they're really struggling right now, which makes me think that there's no run in Pittsburgh. Like, I thought they were going to hover around 500 this season. I just think Mike Tomlin and that culture. And maybe it changes. Maybe they get on a run when T.J. Watt comes back. But I feel like they haven't been good enough, and the season's going to end under 500 the first time, right? First time for Mike Tomlin. I think yep. they'll be under 500. When it comes right. to the Ravens, you know, they're dealing with some stuff, but their schedule's easy. Um, they have some pieces. You have Lamar Jackson. I, I like that trade for Roquan Smith. You know, I don't know long-term. It's a great trade. You know, if they can't sign with an extension, then it feels like you gave up a good amount for a guy that's a rental. So my thought is that they will try to sign him, and he fits in that defense. But they're going to have to figure it out because that defense has some holes in it. Now, they pressured the Browns, and I think they, they always figure out a way to pressure teams, right? But – if you can't cover, and they struggle to cover, Marcus Peters is dealing with some injuries, is not the same guy. The Browns went at him. I thought other teams have gone at him and attacked him. If he's not right, and if, you know, if their rest of their secondary isn't right, then you can't be doing exotic blitzes, and you've got to rely on you know, your front four. And I don't know how strong their front four is down into down out is just pass rushing. So you know, I, I think it's the Ravens' division to lose. I like what they did at the trade deadline. I'm not convinced it will be enough, and especially when you think that Rashad Bateman now is out with that foot surgery. And he was their own, only real threat on the outside, and they're going to have to figure out a way to make it work offensively without him. All right, Scotty, now let's look at the Browns' schedule. They get the bye this week. Then they go on the road at Miami, on the road at Buffalo, Tampa Bay at home. Okay, those are the next three games before Deshaun Watson comes back. What do they have to do in those three games, in your opinion, for when Deshaun Watson comes back to still have a shot, maybe not at the AFC North title, but at a wild card? I think they need to go 2-1 and one to have a real chance. Now, if they go 1-2 and two and they're 4-7, and seven, yeah, you can still do the math, right? If they get crazy hot and you go 6-0, and 10-7 oh, right. probably gets in. Maybe, you know, 9-8 and eight and you win a tiebreaker. So it wouldn't be over at 4-7, but 5-6 and six feels realistic to me and that's a game less than i thought like i thought they'd have to be six and five uh but it feels like the schedule and i hate to look too far ahead in the schedule you never know what's going to happen right but it feels like the schedule's a little easier i mentioned pittsburgh washington's you know you should be able to beat washington new orleans is one of those kind of iffy teams um so i think five and six is the answer now can they get to two and one buffalo you know they're going to be they might be a 10 point underdog going to buffalo right buffalo's that good uh so it means this Miami game's huge. If they can beat Miami, then all of a sudden you go, okay, if they can split Buffalo-Tampa, and you know Tampa could figure it out any day with Tom Brady, but they haven't figured it out yet this year. You get those two wins, and then you go to Houston, you know, you figure you beat Houston, it's 6-6, six and six, and anything can happen. Last question, and we'll let you go, Scotty Petrak. We appreciate the time. Was the Monday night win over Cincinnati a season-saving win? Well, it, it saved it for now. You know, I, we won't know. Okay. Right? The, I can't right. answer that completely until we see how the second half 
shapes out, shakes out. But I'll tell you this, the season would have been unsavable if they had not won Monday night. So, yeah, I think it's at least temporarily a season-saving one. Check him out daily on Twitter at Scott Petrack or at brownzone.com or once a week with us here on the Kenny and JT Show uh, every Friday. He's the one of the best in the business. We appreciate having him uh, you know, on with us. Scotty, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week, and enjoy the bye week, all right? Thanks, fellas.